You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the Faith Roots Podcast. And if you hadn't subscribed to our YouTube channel, I I hope you'll do that. And be sure and hit that little thumbs up button right down there at the bottom. And that'll help us be put before more people. And then if you haven't already, be sure to tell somebody about what we're doing. And uh, listen, I, I get a lot of great comments and feedback from people all the time about how much they enjoy this, how they feed on it. Uh, it is uh, like a devotion every morning, and I, I thank you for joining me in that. Proverbs twenty twenty seven, Jerusalem Bible, man's spirit is the lamp of the Lord or of Yahweh, searching his deepest self. God uses your spirit, puts his spirit in your spirit and uses that to guide you. And his leadings are connected to his purpose for your life. You know, a lot of Christ followers are not the least bit mindful of the purpose of God for their lives. They, they, they want to do what they feel like doing, where they want to go, what they want to do. Never stop to consider what God has in mind for them. And, and I got to tell you that God's plan for you is so much better than the plan that you have for yourself because God's, He knows how you're wired. And he knows everything about you. And the plan that he lays down for you is designed to fulfill you and to make you everything you were meant to be. A lot of people never really become what God intended them to be. And I'm not talking about some great noble thing. I'm talking about the purpose that they want, that they have. You know, in 1987, God spoke to me about starting a church. I'd been in ministry for goodness, about 15 years back then. And uh, the, I'd been in pastoral ministry as an assistant, and then I'd been in traveling ministry for quite a while, but God told me that I was going to start a church. And as I shared these things with my wife, Deliva, she started crying. Well, I still remember it very well. We were walking, and we would go for walks in the evening, and as I was explaining this to her, she began to cry, and I could tell she was very concerned. And she said, I, I, I don't want to do this. And I said, baby, I've got to do it. And I, I, be, I, I knew something was wrong. And I said, honey, tell me, what is it? What's wrong? I'm thrilled about this. What's wrong? And she, in tears, said, I can't be a pastor's wife. And I said, oh, honey, yes, you can. And listen to me. You don't have to change who you are. I want you to be you. Listen to me. I'll take care of the ministry. You don't have to be at the church all the time. You don't have to be the social organizer. You don't have to be in the pulpit all the time. You don't have to do that. You know, I hear people get up and say things like, God calls the both of you. I don't believe that. Don't believe it for a minute. I think God can call a pair to be joint in ministry. But you know what? We're joined in the home. That's the place that really matters. And this is what I told her. I need you to protect, guard our home. Of course, I'm going to do that too. But that's your primary mission to me. I Listen, I didn't have a great home. 
And that's why God gave me this woman, because she is a fierce protector of the home and made a wonderful home. And the evidence of this, now that my kids are all grown and uh, my oldest son is in his late 40s and the next one is just behind him and then I've got two daughters. And when you look at how good they've done, how well they've done in life and how committed they are, how effective they've been, you can see the the influence of their mother, and they will tell you that. She was stability in our home. Now, I, I added what I was supposed to do, but she was the rock of Gibraltar, kept the schedules and all that. I, I didn't run off and go all the time, but there were times I had to be out of town, and she's the one that made things go, and I never one time, never ever worried about will she go cheat on me or run off with another man or will she fall apart because I'm out of town for a couple of days? Never happened because she was so committed to our home. Uh, she was the Proverbs 31 woman, and, and the Spirit of God uh, reminded me of that many times. His heart does safely trust in her. That's what the husband does, and that that's always the way it was with my wife. And um, and so, uh, you know, the thing of it is, she followed God's call. Now, some other pastor's wife might have a totally different path. I get that. But, you know, if we're not careful, we begin to follow someone else's example. We look at how someone else operates, and we feel like we have to become just like them in order to feel, fulfill God's purpose. And that's not true. God calls us uniquely in accordance with our personalities. Now, Jesus taught that we find this by abiding in him. Listen to what he said, John 15, 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them, the branches, and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. In other words, if we don't take our time with God... And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute and explain what it means to abide the Lord. You get burned in life, and that's what happens. A lot of people never bother to find God's purpose. And when you're oblivious to the purpose of God, you're not abiding in the Lord. And you're going to get burned. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You will be burned when you don't know the purpose of God. So what is the purpose of God? Two things I want to say here. Number one, you're mindful of the borders. You know, when I was a kid and we lived in a small town, one of the few stable periods uh, we had in our lives, uh, uh, Mom told me I could ride my bicycle on the block, and, and I did. And I could ride all the way around that block, all four uh, sides of that block. I couldn't cross the street. Now, there was a house right across the street from us, but I couldn't ride my bicycle across the street, even though it was closer to our house than the uh, opposite side of the block. I had permission to be on the block. You know what? I never violated that. I could have gotten way out of where my mom said I could go, but I had this inward guidance system, and I didn't want to leave it. Now, I had a brother. I was about seven, eight years old. I had a brother, little brother, bless his heart. He ran off every chance he got. We found him all over town, and he had a little partner in crime that lived right across the street, and the two of them and our dachshund dog would just go all over the place. And it was a small town, and back in the 60s, it was super safe and all that. But it was hilarious how opposite we were, because I wouldn't leave the block, and he was three, four years old, and he was always gone. 
And if he got out of the yard, yeah, who knows where he was going to be. And uh, so, uh, But that's what a, an abiding person is. An abiding person has that sense of border inside them. And uh, I, I don't want to do anything that, that puts me in danger of violating God's will. And then here's the second thing. We have a hunger for connection. When you abide in Christ, you have a hunger to be connected with the Lord and with His Word. And, and so that's what abiding means. The person who abides in Christ is one who lives in commitment and in fellowship. Now, so it's possible for someone to know the Lord and be saved, but yet they do not abide in the Lord. An abiding person is the one who is looking for that purpose. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a full-time minister. You're fulfilling the, the, the plan that God has for your life. Abide in me and I in you. That's what Jesus said. Now, the person who does this is very fruitful. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, now let me tell you what's going on here. And you can see this. God, Jesus is saying that we can become so in harmony with God's will that we reach a place where He trusts us to ask what we will, and He said, I'll do it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. How could he say that? Because he knows the power and the force of his word. He knows that when we begin to hear him and think like him, we become conformed to him and we don't want to violate anything that he said. So he knows there's no danger of us asking for something that's outside the boundaries because we have taken joy in being with him. Now, when you come to this place in your life, and this is incredible, listen to this verse. It's Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good, not to everybody, to those who love God, but that's not the end of it. You've got to do more than love God. And to those who are the called according to His purpose. In other words, we have accepted God's purpose in our lives. When you begin to walk like that in life, even the negative things that are sent against you are flipped and turned, and they result in God getting glory and you being promoted. I want you to think about um, these stories. They all are, they have the same thing in common. Three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel in the lion's den, David and Goliath, even the resurrection of Christ. All of these things, all these stories are stories where things didn't go well and where it looked bleak. But at the last minute, God flipped the circumstances. And when He flipped the circumstances, the victory that was won was greater than if there had been no trial at all. You see, God took the circumstances of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where they were thrown in a fiery furnace in front of thousands of leaders who came from all over the kingdom of Babylon. And they were not burned in that fire. They were standing on what Isaiah the prophet had said, the fire will not kindle on you, and it will not burn you. And they were trusting God. The whole thing flipped. And all of those people who had been gathered to come to the image of this big idol, they instead went home talking about the God who preserved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, now, had that trial not happened, 
There's no way God could have gotten that much glory out of their daily routines. So this is what I want you to see. And you see it, it the same thing. It is true in all these stories, Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel didn't just get back what he had before the lion's den ever happened. Daniel got more. And when he went back to work the following morning, all of his enemies were gone. They were all removed from office. And so the trouble that was created was flipped, and the person who was called according to the purposes of God Receive something that it could not have gotten otherwise. Oh my gosh, I wish I had time to talk more and more about that. But that's why it's so important to abide in the Lord. Be mindful of your borders and hungry for fellowship. And I'm hungry for connection with God and I don't want to go anywhere He doesn't want me to go. I want to be yielded to Him. And when I live like that, even the negatives that happen in my life, He flips. Well... We don't have any more time for that today, but we'll keep talking about this tomorrow. So I'll see you then. Thanks. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.